I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the bills of 1999, naked in a queer bookstore window here in 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Kennedy Nybart. And I'm Philisco. Uh Back with us, our favorites, our actual favorites. <laughs> our actual favorites. Our actual favorites. It's not actually hey. Barrett Doss, like we said last week. No. It's actually no. Brooke Solomon. Jordan Gustafson of the Queer Quadrant Podcast. So happy to have you guys back. We're back, baby. It's a delight to Oof. be back. Listen, this is you, a, you smell that? It's the third smell episode. of books. <laughs> it smells like third books. Episode. It smells like books in here. I was going to say, that is my... at least you know if you watch a movie that includes women naked in a bookstore window, mm. you, you know who to call. Mm. Like, you have someone That's whose right. phone book who you can look up. This That's was true. the thing where, like... I was looking at the list of movies we had left to cover and I and I was like we've got to have them on for better than chocolate. If I mean it's like this is it's it's kind of crazy that we've we have recorded a 99 episode with you already which will yes. come out probably sometime Eventually. in the next in the next couple months. <laughs> you never um, know. It will. Uh it will come out. Oh, and it certainly will come out. It's too hot. It's, I don't know if the airways it's, can it's handle it. It's too hot. Yeah, it's 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 crazy in Alabama. Everyone's everyone's favorite Melanie Griffith movie. Everyone remembers uh, that. Everyone remembers that. Wild. 
tell me but, to recall a plot point from that movie. Um, I don't know if I could. I'm trying to remember there was, one. I well, think... Yeah, I remember. Uh, didn't did Lily Griffith solve racism or something? There's a head she in did. a box. She did. She did. <laughs> yeah, she also, she like flirts her way into getting someone out of prison, out of a jail yeah. cell, if I remember Herself, correctly. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't we don't remember this well, but like hey, but it doesn't matter. The, the point is, the thing this about, movie the thing actually about that makes movie. sense to have you guys on for. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. thing about any movie makes sense for you guys to have on for also Christ's true. sakes. Also true. But uh, but the thing about this movie uh, versus Crazy in Alabama is like we can fuck around with Crazy in Alabama, say whatever you want, but like people will get on our ass if we don't get the better than chocolate perfect by the minute, oh, beat oh, by beat. The mm. rabid fan base of better than mm. chocolate. What, what can we say about better than chocolate that hasn't already been said? I have a few well, questions, actually. Okay. Are there things that are better than chocolate? And I don't know. This movie presupposes that this movie might well, be better than chocolate, and I don't think it is. song... Ice mm. Cream by Sarah McLaughlin. She lists yeah. the things mm. that are better than chocolate. Most importantly, your love is better than chocolate. Yes. Um, so it, it's... It seemed like hence... it was orgasms. I think that just was, yes. was what the... Well, that's, that's, the what, that's what the mom you, was getting at, right? If you, yes. If you remember the hit film from 2003, Down With Love, they're similar mm. using chocolate to replace mm-hmm. the pleasures of mm-hmm. sex subplot. Good movie. Um, and it's, I mean, this is... 1999 this film was made in canada uh yeah sarah mclaughlin was going to feature prominently uh yeah (laughs) like this was this was going to be uh a a part of it i you know i as as our listeners know i'm from canada uh i don't (laughs) really remember this movie uh i I don't I, i have a vague recollection of it existing um, You've been kind of, it's been on our radar for a very it long has time. Been for, for a while. Yeah. Mm. Um, because, and, and you know, um, Brooke and Jordan and I discussed a little bit a few nights ago of this movie, just very cursory kind of thing. And I do well, feel we, like. Were you guys just like hanging out with that? We were just, we were just hanging out. Yeah. We were yeah. just hanging what the out. Fuck? We were thinking we're about, about guys. We were thinking about recording uh, an episode. And, <laughs> you guys are just, um, Zoom, just, just doing Zoom hangouts? What are um, we doing tonight? I, we're going to play a little Zoom for cheesy. Yeah, but I, I, I bring this up. Children, sorry. I bring this up because I feel like this movie now, through a 2022 lens, mm-hmm. obviously this film isn't dated. It's dated. It's very it could dated. Be more dated. Honestly. But it could That's be more true. dated, and it's you've got to give them some credit for doing this in 1999. Yes. Like, I hit play on this movie. And I was like, okay, so this is, this is some fucking Canadian '90s shit right here. Oh boy! And but I was like, they kind of throw you in the deep end. They kind of are just like they they kind of take for granted the fact that people are going to be fine with this subject matter, which I think is fantastic to be that. I hate to say it, but courageous at the time, it took some yeah. courage to do that. I now look at the film and think to myself it might be more courageous than some of the movies that are made today. Like yeah. I, I just, which I think is sad. I basically don't have any qualms with this movie and how it was made in sure. like 1999 with kind of like all of the, you know, given like sure. where culture was at at the time. I think that, yes, of course, if you look at it from like a 20 years in the future type lens, you can definitely find plenty of things to be like, uh, well, but I don't know. I think that like that is 
the best, maybe the only way to watch queer cinema, especially like underseen mm-hmm. indie queer cinema that was kind of like grappling sure. with a lot of being like, there's not a lot of this in the marketplace. We don't really know, like there's nothing really to, to base it off of aside from like the other sort of messy indie queer cinema that's come before. So sure. I think that like, that's the best way to watch these kinds of movies is not to get too hung up in the like, oh, well, if it was happening today, but I totally right. agree with you and that there is like kind of, um, you know, there's definitely some heavy topics in this. It does throw sure. you like into the deep end. And I think it like, it handles tone in a way that I don't see a queer movie. It's certainly a mainstream queer movie handling tone today. And that like, there's very serious stuff juxtaposed with like extremely lighthearted stuff mm-hmm. without a ton of like taking you gently from one yeah. to the other. Oh yeah, whiplash, just total yeah. whiplash going on. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's like also interesting. Quaint bookstore, hate crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then back. Well, yeah. like, I think it's funny that yeah. Kenny and I, we recorded another episode today. Uh, we recorded an episode on A Single Man, uh, the 2009 film for our Patreon. And I think it's interesting for us to be covering two overtly queer movies, both coming at it from drastically dissimilar vantage points right i don't even mean just subject matter wise i mean this film is so far from a tom ford picture like this is you know what i mean like this movie is low low budget it's it's you know what i mean like it's just not but at the same time i think they're both incredibly bold movies in their own way at the time that they came out i I think think, yeah i think there's a very like interesting gender element to that comparison too because like the tom tom ford um a single man is very like classic like art Uh gay cinema and this is very like indie lesbian cinema and they're two like micro budget (laughs) separate things especially because i feel like when you get highbrow art lesbian cinema Mm -hmm. it's almost always made by men um and is just a lot more like sure tilted and structured than like this which is like we're fucking in the shower like you really don't it's not it's not nearly as yeah yes yeah the like highbrow art arch lesbian cinema we're talking about is like the carols of the world, exactly. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, I mean, perfect movie should be Incredible. said oh, carols the best. Oh, yeah. but i but not I think Carol. like yeah there's something interesting about how this sort of dreamlike tone poem of a of a single man right but then you'll also have like two lesbians painting each other in like the most high school drama kind yes. of yes. way that yeah. also feels kind of weird you know, dreamlike. This is like queers really, really have multitudes. I never, I didn't see it before this. I really, I didn't see it. I thought every, every queer movie was the exact same, but you could have all these crazy things over here and crazy things over there. I really, (laughs) I am seeking someone to take me on a first date where we paint each other's bodies and roll around on a canvas. And then it gets hung on the wall of our shared apartment. That's that's very very uh, secure of you. The last thing, thing I want is for anyone you. to be taking big paint on my myself body. Yeah, this is an A plus U hauling movie, yes. and I think it like is. yes, it is. If, yes. It, it's, like, it's a big U haul film. It gets big U haul film. They, they yeah. can I pass the U haul. They already took the U haul. They're moving. They like skipped the the middle it's driving a, it's steps. An, it's advanced U hauling because yeah. when they get in the car to U haul, it's literally already it already happened. Already yeah. lives yeah. in. We moved in together already. <laughs> I, so, Kenny, so is this? Our, I, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, you could ask me the question. I, I was, ask you. This is our second bookstore rom com, I believe, of '99. 
uh, the love yeah, letter being the, the other one, I think. The love letter. That, that, is it really only our second? It's it's, it's a genre unto itself. It feels like uh, it. it I mean, we definitely did the love letter where they hang out at the bookstore a lot. Uh, I'll think about it a little more. Here's yeah. what I want. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you a little, little more substantive, substantive sure. question. Substantive. Um, substantive. Yeah. So, Phil. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Canada. You pretty much lived in Canada your whole life until you moved here. 25 years, yeah. Uh, how, talk to me a little bit about uh, the difference between uh, queer culture in Canada and America and mm. homophobia in Canada and America. What was different for you? Because I think oh, I think a lot of what you were saying in the beginning in terms mm. of how bold it is, a matter of fact it is, and all those things has to be viewed through this like it's a different culture uh lens i mean it's not completely yes. different but you know because when i was going to make some joke about how 1999 canada is like 1991 america because <laughs> that's how kind of how it There's looks you know yeah, yeah um like in terms of just where they were kind of uh i don't know visually right mm-hmm. and we've seen a bunch of canadian films which i love but just mm-hmm. you know fucking my favorite movie last night shot on like you know, home VHS. Video, basically. So, um, yeah. and that's like, I think that was all that they can get across the border in those days. So, um, <laughs> oh my God. but, but so, so technologically you're in yeah. 91 culturally, you're a lot closer to today. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess that the, the, the short answer to your question is that I didn't even think about it. And I, I think that that's, speaks volumes right like i it never mm-hmm. was something that gay people sure like it just it, it was not i never um i was never surrounded i mean i think that canada prides itself on one of the big things is you know we're not a melting pot we're multicultural i, I think that the, the the country prides itself on being the whole spectrum of people right and it and and uh i think that this country and i i believes in assimilation right like i think that there is very much a we always have right and i think that that distinction um obviously you can can be felt in the in the uh you know in the gay world as well i think that i i just watching this film i did find myself um it was pretty heartwarming uh not just on a subject matter level but just there's something quaint ultimately about how kind of nimble and sort of wide-eyed and positive and progressive a lot of the films are that come out of Canada um you know you just you just don't see that as much down here um oh there was still clearly I mean and I I, you answered the question flawlessly that was uh (laughs) important context there's still obviously a lot of internalized trauma because Absolutely. so much of this film comes from this place of uh, I'm yeah. traumatized. I, I'm traumatized because of my relationship with my parents. I'm traumatized because mm-hmm. of the way people look at me. I'm traumatized. I mean, with the you know the trans character, I'm traumatized because of the way I've been treated in women's spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's interesting. It's it's an interesting thing because I do think that this film exists because I think Canada is a multicultural accepting place. And also, queer identity is such that you never quite feel like you're not being, you know, or, you know, excluded. I think. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think that... universal. Yeah. I also think that ultimately with any subculture, 
and I don't want to, I don't mean to suggest that being queer is a subculture necessarily, but just to be a minority of any sort, right? Just to wrap sub, your, just means like lesser, it, that's all I think it, it low-key is a subculture, though. Like I don't the, mean, I mean, I, I didn't mean for it to sound derogatory. If you, but, if you, if you engage with it in, like, a way that you choose to engage with, like, any sort of subculture, I think, like, it definitely fits into that bucket. Sure. I, yeah. I think it's, I, I guess... <clears throat> I think it's interesting because I feel like any sort of thing that could potentially alienate you or potentially make you an outsider or whatever the case might be, if you have the courage to wrap your arms around it and be like, this is me, I don't fucking care what the ramifications are or the fallout is for this or if there are consequences for these actions, I, I think that... That, that there's going to be trauma that comes with that in some form or another. I don't, I, it, you know, hopefully it's not something violent or terrible, but I just feel like um, it's, it's just, so this is going to sound weird, but just bear with me for a second. It does make sense. I'm watching an episode of For All Mankind last night. Um, and this really isn't a spoiler, but there's a, a, one of the astronauts, they land on fucking Mars and he's doing a video interview and he says that he's gay and it's an alternate American history yeah. so we're in the mid 90s at this point and don't ask don't tell doesn't exist because Bill Clinton never got elected and there's just all of these sort of so there's this kind of moment where the country is grappling with homosexuality in a way that it doesn't really know how to sort of articulate and how to really mm. deal with it especially yeah. the Republican Party this is all just a way of saying that I feel like um you know, there, there's a, there's a, a black uh, astronaut that turns to this gay male astronaut and says, you have the luxury of being able to hide your thing. And he's like, luxury? Like, I just think that there's something about the fact that this film, that these characters are fearless in their, in their love, fearless in their romantic optimism and in the way that they see the world. Um, and that's just really lovely to watch. Um, it's basically the exact opposite of what we talked about earlier today, Kenny, in terms of someone feeling just the oppression of 1960s homophobia yeah. and, and just a complete <laughs> lack of being able to be themselves. Yeah. Um, and I, and unfortunately it feels like, you know, outside of, uh, the aforementioned Bruno, when we talked about that movie, I do feel like you don't see as much. I mean, listen, I hope the bros is great. I, it, it looks really funny. Yeah, I hope it's great. Yeah, I, I, I do yeah. think that you obviously can make films that are more joyous about the queer experience, but I think that there's so much trauma down here, so much more trauma down here than in Canada, that it's just, that's why I think a lot of it is about grappling with that. And yeah, yeah, no, go for, no, it. Go for it. Okay. All right. So feel free to jump in. So <laughs> I think that like, well, trauma is an interesting word because I agree with you on the idea that like if you there's probably going to be if you're out about the fact that you're queer, there's mm -hmm. probably going to be a sense of othering from someone at some point that you like can't avoid and that usually does have some sort of like negative repercussions. Like you said, the severity of it can like really, mm -hmm. really vary. But I think that like especially in American cinema, but not exclusively, the idea of like the queer films usually have to be trauma focused mm -hmm. is really like due to what we talk about on our show all the time is like the sense of box office where it's like sure you get the idea that people are not going to be as willing to show up for a 
queer movie that doesn't have some sort of heavy social message attached to it. The, you know, in the way that like they don't show up for a lot of like marginalized uh, joyous stories, which is obviously not the case. And I feel like that's really like that theory has really started to be debunked. Like, but um, I don't know. So a lot of these like really joyous queer stories, I think, stick tend to stick to the really really indie spaces. Yeah. Um, and or tv like tv has always been like a couple steps ahead of Mm -hmm. like commercial film in terms of letting queer characters like be happy well Mm. it's 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 sort of like when we talked about um uh crazy in alabama we talked a little bit about amodavar and we talked about how his films are i mean his films have a whole spectrum but he's they're they're larger than life the punch of these colors all just feels very sort of like up um you don't see a ton of that here. You know what I mean? We obviously talked about Moulin Rouge and, and, and it being what it is. But again, we don't get that many of those. I mean, it, it's, it's right. unfortunate. I mean, just look at like Fire Island, which I feel like is a good example for talking example. about like things that are like blatantly queer while also like having a, like a good story, like an actual story to it and like not about just being queer and that like the trauma that comes with that. I feel like sort of with this movie... I guess, like, my bumps and frustrations with it, not frustrations, but, like, I guess, yeah, frustrations are, like, one, I think that there's not really a plot, and I think that what we're talking about with this, like, joyful, like, queerness is definitely there, and that carries so much of it forward, but it's so, not, like, meandering, but, like, meandering, you know, and, like, it's really hard to sort of, like, get in sync with it because it just sort of, like, feels a little bit monotonous at times, and at the same time, I think that it's really cool how they treat Judy the trans character and how like accepting they are of her but at the same time (laughs) then there's like so much baggage that then comes on the opposite side of that where like so much of their trans identity and like the conversations come from like the idea of like genitalia and like surgery and everything which is like not necessarily so much about like the trans experience obviously and so like it's that sort but of but i thing. respect that they like even ventured into the Art. water no, for sure it's also for 99. very 1990s that's the thing is it's just like be yeah. that's like yeah. it's so great like the more i feel like we talked about this probably on the bruno episode honestly um <laughs> about like the different subsections of like the queer community and how like sometimes everyone is in sync and sometimes yeah. everyone is kind of like fighting with each other and what is considered kind of like progressive at the time changes so rapidly like I feel like there was a big sort of like push in the 90s to be like we're recognizing trans people by being like yes it is kind of about your genitalia but only because like we want to get people more comfortable with that and like get it more into the mainstream and I feel like that has really changed now you also have like Priscilla Queen of the Desert or something along those lines like I, I think that America and maybe even the world at large really had trouble distinguishing or, or yes. grappling with Still. drag queens. Oh, God, yeah. Like oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very, this is, yeah. This is the same year as Boys Don't Cry, which is, like, it is. I, yeah. I think a very, very different portrayal of, like, oh, yeah. how we should be seeing trans people on screen. Like, yeah. it's exactly what we And a much better about. movie on a myriad of levels. Yeah, uh, but, but so but I, traumatic. Yeah. Like, but so trauma-focused. Literally based on yeah. trauma. Yeah, yeah. Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, they, they do. do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they um, do. Yeah. Go ahead, Kenny. Yeah. Uh, I think, no, I think the conversation about trauma obviously is, uh, is interesting and probably 
a little traumatic, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's no, it, 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 yeah. I've seen it. I, I've seen it. You know, uh, not with. No, I've never worked on a gay-focused show, but I've worked on several shows that were black-focused, and so many of the black writers just push so hard against stories about black pain and black misery, yeah. black trauma, and you can feel the the trauma of the experience of watching yeah you know portrayal after portrayal after portrayal about how hard your life is told by people who aren't you which must be really fucking weird you know and like it It doesn't because i don't conversation either if we're being it doesn't do anything well i mean we're 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 years past that right we're just we're just decades and decades and decades past like you know, basically opening the door up to this stuff. And at this point, that's why people push people push back really hard against that show. Um, what was the show on Amazon? Oh, them. Uh, that them, yeah. right? Yeah. Which was yeah, just yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot like of trauma. Memes. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, just, it was yeah. also just really, it was also just really gory and really just yeah. really tough to just, watch. Yeah, and it was, and and I do think people are are really just kind of over it. And I, honestly, when I say people, I really mean black people. Like it really is just like they're just not interested in that kind of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. So I mean, not to speak on behalf of you know black people, uh, but that's my sense. And I think yeah. with queer, certainly mainstream queer cinema, that's what we have been seeing forever and ever and ever. And I think we still see it to this day. Oh yes, and I. And yeah, and I guess like a, a bros here, a fire island there, like those like honestly are, in my opinion, huge leaps forward. Um, and it just like the fact fucking decades ago, like it's yeah. crazy yeah. that we're, that we're just, it's nuts. The, the fact that fire island, and I, I think this is a great thing, fire island came out and like wasn't the subject of a million fucking, you know, profiles like says, and magazine yeah, things yeah, yeah. and yeah. and everyone, it's just, I, I, I think these are, you know, I think this is a good thing, but I think it is probably frustrating for you guys to talk about these movies over and over again and like have this like be like what i mean what's what's all this shit about i don't feel so like well that's why i think just to not to speak for you guys but that's why i think your podcast is so great because i don't think you're and i truly mean that i don't think your podcast like what i appreciate about your podcast is the fact that you guys are watching all movies and and looking at it through the lens of how yeah. queer is this? What are the queer components of this? Rather than sitting down and just watching quote unquote queer movies right. and talking about <laughs> where they rate on fall the into a deeper scale. depression. Yeah, right. that, that was kind of my point, right? Which yeah. is that yeah. I think that the that that there's a, a queer component to all sorts of movies, yes. and I think that that's what we should be talking about rather than just sort of as Kenny said, you know, focusing on the trauma and the, the darkness and the, you know. I think so, that's what makes yeah. this movie so interesting is like, it does, my big takeaway is that this feels like a film that a BFA student at a college would make, specifically like Emerson, where I went to school. I'm like, oh, this is a BFA oh, movie. I um, because it's just like artsy and like, oh my God, like this love story and we're painting each it's other. So you know, indie. like you can it's very so... much like feel like this, like <laughs> yeah. you're in your early twenties. You're like, oh God, I have so many creative ideas. And at the same time within that, you're like, but I have to like make it about my identity because I'm like struggling and like, let me throw in all these hate crimes. I feel like that's what's so weird watching this movie where you're like, oh, this is like a nice romance. Like it's about like, can we talk to my mom about like my relationship? Like, how's that? And then all of a sudden it like 
takes that hard Nazis. right turn and just, you literally and you're like white supremacy back up back up we were good with like just the romance happy vibes like you didn't need to throw well, in all the other stuff it's funny because it feels like and you mentioned this earlier jordan about how it's kind of just a sort of shaggy hangout movie right like it's just it's, yeah. it's a romance between these two attractive young women and uh you know one sort of dealing with her sort of the the blossoming of her queerness or whatever you want to call it and then you know one woman being sort of openly out but then i would also say too like <laughs> the first time that they had coffee they kiss like there's just there's no fucking like late well, to their yeah <laughs> <laughs> Both characters are out to begin the movie. Right, I mean, right, it's yeah. not really like it's it's. But Maggie's it's just, a little less so. Maggie little, seems to be a little coming into her, her family. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, she you performs. She performs at a game club yeah. and works at the gay bookstore. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, not saying that her mom's like, <laughs> dumb for not putting it together. Oh, but no, her, mom, her mom's so a fucking dumb. idiot. <laughs> I, her mom yes. is a horrible character. Yeah. It's like every, although I love when she gets all the sex toys, but that's you know whatever. I that's a good scene. Uh, the first thing I thought of is you don't use someone else's vibe. I literally I was like, did you wash them? Wash like, it. I mean, gross. Yeah. Gross. They, gross. They, and then on top they, of it, find like, a random vibrator. Come on. She, the, the fact not just that, like one vibrator. It's like. They like, it's a box there's like of them. 70 vibrators in this house. And she like doesn't know that they're not her daughters, yeah. right? No. Like, we find out later, but when she first used them, she's yeah. like, what are we doing? Hey. So, so many know. questions. Clean anyway. the vibrator. Anyway, I, uh, yes. yes, I think that, like, to really quickly to yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> speak on, like, sort of the idea of, um, we love them, yeah, um, yeah. of love analyzing <laughs> quote-unquote straight movies through a queer lens. I think that, and again, if you listen to our show, I'm sorry that you have to hear us regurgitate no. that we make often, but, like, we are so much more interested in connecting to the wide variety of characters that you find in like more tr- traditionally straight movies because sure. you, a lot, so many queer movies are tied to trauma or they're like really, really ooey gooey wholesome, which is like cute, but <laughs> does like tend to Exhausting. lean a bit one dimensional. Yeah. Um, and you just don't, again, it's like you don't get to experience a ton of queer people like fighting alligators in the jungle or whatever well, you it's, want to do. But so, yeah. I do think that like two thirds of this movie are kind of just shaggy hangout, aren't lesbians yeah. cute, they're so yeah. in love, isn't this great? And then, as you said, it makes a fucking hard turn in the third act to be like, go big or go home in the third act. And you're like, okay, right. we you didn't need to do this. People are oppressed, and we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta address right. that real I'm quick. I'm Joan of Arcing myself yeah. in this bookstore. Like, the fact <laughs> that this spoilers were better than chocolate. So sorry to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but like, how dare you? I know. But everyone's <laughs> the, seen it. Yeah, everyone's seen it. It's, it was uh, my big fat Greek wedding. It was everyone's <laughs> favorite romantic, romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, the fact that this movie ends with literally like a block blowing up is <laughs> it's crazy. Insane. Yeah. It's like do the right thing it's, at the end in a yeah. weird, crazy way. Like it, it kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's, I'm it's not, I'm not crazy. Make a false equivalency, but you know what I mean? No, I. I... I don't know. That's not, bad, that's not a bad. That's not a. That's not a bad comparison. There is no. There is similarly how there is no kind of like foreplay besides them starting to make out in a yeah. coffee shop. There's yeah. there's no like falling action. There's no come down. It's just like immediately credits. Here's a super quick clip show of what everyone ended up doing in the next year, which is also unhinged, which God. is crazy too. Crazy. The whole like it's like American graffiti on like I don't know what the fuck. Like it's crazy yes. how everything gets so dialed up at the end. I so. 
I do want to give a synopsis because unfortunately, I don't Please. think that many people have seen uh, Better Than Chocolate. Not a long after moving into out there. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, really Wonka. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not long after moving into her own place, Maggie finds herself with two unsolicited roommates: her recently divorced mother, Leela, Lila, Lila. I think, uh, and her younger brother. The timing is especially bad considering Maggie has fallen hard for an attractive woman named Kim only hours before they move in. What could be a non-issue becomes increasingly complicated since Maggie's family is unaware of her sexual orientation and Maggie is not open to sharing that information. Better Than Chocolate opened on Valentine's Day, 1999. Uh, It made a little under $2 million on a $1.6 million budget, which they made a profit, whatever. Uh, It's got 46% (laughs) on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 78% from audiences, the New York Times said the movie gushes with so much romantic optimism and good humor that it has the effervescence of an engaging musical comedy. Sure. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that, um, I think this movie has the best of intentions. I think we all agree that this movie is, is progressive and, and has a big heart. I don't know that it really gets underneath the surface of it though like i think it's no. all sort of there and i would say in 99 the surface is maybe enough right for people that are maybe uneducated or unaware of this you know culture yeah. so it's like a good movie for like a high schooler to watch and like yes. to then feel like oh like this is the community it's like that first sort of step like an introductory it's like mm-hmm. it's literally like queer cinema 101 or whatever yep. you know like totally. we're like what is like a nice light movie that I can watch that like teaches me the issues and like yeah. gives me a little bit of the community and like that's what this yeah. like movie's doing. Yeah. It's like a picture book for that a parent would give their child if they don't want to have the conversation like, about sex. Right. If like, like the kid's like 16 and it's like we got you. I I heard you say lesbian once. Yeah. I think it like weirdly though the movie tries to have its cake and eat it too because it is very like gushing and romantic but then like we said it also has so many social issues i can't believe this is reminding me of crazy in alabama but do you remember how that movie is like half cavorting yeah. oh, that movie's like, trip yeah and half 1960s had racism i don't I know mean, if anybody knew this two different movies <laughs> yeah like it's it, so i think that it could get away with being more service level if it didn't feel the need to shoehorn shoehorn <laughs> in all of like the the very serious social issues that it needs i think this movie is a little more nimble than crazy in alabama in terms uh, of agree in terms of dealing with issues i would like to say we are in your synopsis and in all this conversation i don't know how many minutes in it is disgusting and despicable that we have not talked about the best character in this movie and i don't know the guy's name but it's the one who like works next to the store and he's like hey yeah. look at these lesbians <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what am i doing here it's you're kissing incredible. the girls i love yeah. <laughs> first or second scene before we don't know anything about him is like hey you can't kiss in the store right. and we're like and then they what kiss. the fuck is this guy yes. and then yeah. by the end of the movie we're like tony yeah. is he okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 a crazy portrayal of, of people that are not gay Yes. Like the not gay people what? are basically cartoon characters, it's, which, which 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 I love because that's Same. true to life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that that's what I'm going for on a regular basis. That's awesome. uh, it's pretty progressive TVH to just make down all of your straight people the insane stereotype. Yeah. They're all goofballs. It's yeah. it's really good. Really your mom is a to- total goofball. Oh my, oh my god. god. Uh, there is a brother in this movie who yeah, gets a girl. You don't remember him? 
when they when they're fucking out on the outside on some weird like uh it's like a small love seat or some shit like that yeah, like, like a, 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 a fuck pad yeah no 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 it was you know, outside yeah. it was, like, like, it was a like a pad. fucking car a heterosexual car uh she, fuck there was some spot hold on because yeah. there's something it's at the end Mama where, there be, oh, there's sex. a butt plug she oh, puts yes. the butt plug in hey she, she's a she's a bisexual trying to get her new straight boyfriend to like have some fun a little bit this has has a, a, i'm not against butt plugs i was oh, just like a little oh, surprised no. that it happened no, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's actually where i draw the line so you know you make you're making <laughs> jokes on. over here come on there's a family podcast <laughs> Um, I, yeah, great predatory bisexual trope in this one. Really excellent. (laughs) You should have put that on the poster. Great predatory. Predatory. Better than chocolate. Um, Predatory bisexual. We'll turn you gay. (laughs) She's kind of a blast, though. I love her. I Um, like when they're, like, talking about the omnisexual at one point, and they're like, it's like the tornado in the Wizard of Oz, and I'm like, what does that mean? What does like, are you just anything? fucking so many people you cause a storm? Oh, you didn't know that every game movie is legally required to have a Wizard of Oz reference. You're setting the bar really high if you're saying it's like a fucking tornado. Cause like that person might not be able to like actually give off Live tornado up. vibes. <laughs> you know? Undoubtedly they are not tornado vibes. <laughs> it's just a tornado of penises. That's yeah, yeah. all. I, so I think they. But I, no, of course, if Luki, Yeah, so many dildos in this so movie. So many dildos. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about the Wizard of Oz because you know, <laughs> Wizard as of Oz, you do, as you do. The Wizard of Oz is a real joyous movie, and it's. it's I think that what's interesting about your podcast, and I'll just talk about your podcast. Yeah, sounds great. Is <laughs> sure movies that are movies that are queer coded. Yes, have always been joyous. Mm-hmm. There's always been. There's always been, it, it. You 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 strip the film of that need to comment on how difficult it is to be an oppressed minority in this country, yeah, and you can we just have. Know. We're aware. <laughs> and you just and you just have you know like funny allusions to uh, to yeah. sex all the time, mm-hmm. and it just seems like a lot of fun, like a big fucking party. Um, that's what's cool about you, party. Better your than podcast. chocolate. A big, Aww, a big fucking party. A big fucking party. It's like than, fucking or tornado. Better than cho- better better than chocolate is like um t- like to me better than chocolate is or um <laughs> better than chocolate for the straights because like that's just what it is. <laughs> it's like, just like a little boring. Just, just for for the straights, like this, you know, here's a little, you know, here's a little peek, you know, take a look, and you'll see yeah. some some lesbian sex over here, sure, and some sure, body sure. painting, yeah. some tra- some trauma porn over there, um, you know, all yeah. these little things that feel like this is some stuff that that us straights, you know, have heard gay people are are up into and things mm-hmm. that are happening over there mm-hmm. in Gayville, and we'll put it all on screen. <laughs> And it, so it does feel very much like like it's it does it really does it, I, so I I actually don't think I you should show children this movie. Um, <laughs> unlike you, Brooke. What? Unlike you, Brooke. I don't. You've done a I don't full think about face on this. No, I have. I don't think it's a great film. Okay, wait. I look. I look. I don't. No, I, I was. Just, I, I mean, I just love mean, it. I, to be oh, no. clear, I give this. I like never. A, a we're gonna rate it. Stars. Don't you worry, yeah. guys. We're gonna rate <laughs> no, this. No, I. I Kenny, all my you all my notes are I think I think Kenny, like, other than showing a child this film, 
I do right. think you made a good point about like for the straights, and I think that there is an interesting subsection of queer movies that are like literally not like for, for the straights, but that feel that they're tailored and they're made in a way that like are what we sort of talked about before, and like with this movie where they're accessible for like mainstream audiences to feel comfortable watching where it's like queer culture but it's so distilled in a way that feels somewhat like heterosexual or at least like there's a clear like one-to-one where you can feel comfortable watching it and I feel like the like honestly my brain the first thing I thought of was like happiest season and I feel like that's a very like kind of clean it's very like nice and wholesome and I feel like that's sort of like the queer things that are like digestible um, for like straight yeah. audiences That's a great i'm happy example. to talk about i'm happy to talk about happy happiest season but you i think it's to, no but i'm but, but i but i think to me it's something a little different and i'll make my point sure. uh succinctly there are really only three villains in this movie one is the canadian government obviously a villain of course always, always. has been a villain uh the other is uh a lesbian woman who beats the shit out of Judy in the bathroom? Yeah, and the uh, and the third are neo Nazis. So if you're a nice if you're a nice straight person, you don't see yourself in this movie except represented by these you know silly caricatures. The mom, but you, and, yeah. if anything, you see yourself. If anything, like I think a reasonable person sees himself in Vinny the Pizza Man or whoever, whatever is Nick. Mamma mia! Uh, I think if anything, you see yourself in that, and you're like, yeah, that's who I am. I'm I'm the I'm good the I'm the good ally who maintains my you know identity but is nice to people. So I do think this really is like I mean truly like quote unquote for the straights. I think when you have a movie like this that doesn't actually you know, I'll give you the other example because that I was thinking of. Boys Don't Cry is another example of this because Boys Don't Cry is very much in my opinion for the straights. Now it's it's Boys Don't Cry the villains in that movie aren't the government. They aren't, you know, doctors. They aren't all the people that made Brandon's life miserable. They're these crazy ass fucking hicks. These crazy ass, like racist rapists, right? People who like any reasonable person would be like, I identify with Brandon and not the people raping her. Excuse me, him. Um, I identify with that. So the idea is like put people on screen that doesn't, that 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 doesn't comport to the audiences, a mainstream audience's version of themselves, mm-hmm. so they can start to sympathize and empathize with the queer character on screen. But I right. think like, I think that though, I don't know. Like, I I I I'm not I'm not slogging uh, "Boys Don't Cry" at all because I think it's a brilliant movie, and I I think an early mainstream-ish trans movie kind of has to present itself that way. Uh, but I don't think this movie had to present itself this way. I think this movie's somewhat insecure in the way it's presenting itself. I think insecure I, yeah. is a really good. I think that's. I think that's apt. Yeah. I, I think that it's. I'll say this though, because I do think that, um, you know, you mentioned Jordan that it feels like a, you know, like a, a film from a film student or something along those lines, and 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 I I, I tend to agree to a certain uh, degree. I, I think that. The thing is that this movie kind of wants to just be these two women hanging out, right? Like it kind of wants to be a Richard Linklater movie where they just chat and then they fuck and roll around in paint and then there's credits. Like that's, I think, ultimately what the film to be. Yes. But then they realize, well, it has to be a movie that people go and see. So we have to inject things. And I think what you're picking up on, Kenny, and I don't disagree, is that there's a, there's, 
there's a disingenuous quality to some of the plot mechanics that's going on in it because it wants to be a you know a, a big boy movie it wants to be a movie that mm-hmm. that feels about, things. about yeah. things right and things happen and there's turns and and there's things that will stay with people because there's a fear i think in you know a lot of your talky movies i say that you know your your richard linklater movie and the talkies which are tough, right? Because like it's tough to get people to fully engage in those movies. You know, Kenny and I have talked on many occasions about the before movies and how it's a miracle to watch those films because they're just so fucking compelling. Yeah, but like that's like it's like a it's a it's so few of them can pull that off. Exactly. And it's when you it's yeah. because you have Richard Linklater and those actors and that dialogue, right. and then you right. see it's like with people who like want to do Malik, and then you see the knockoff Maliks, and you're like, don't do Terrence it. Malik <laughs> does Terrence Malik because he's him. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't be touching this. And I think right. it's like knowing not to be like stick in your lane, but like yeah. it's about like as a creative, like trying to like stay authentic to yourself. And I think like not trying to crib from something. And I think that if this movie I don't know much about like what happens later on in this person's career, et cetera. But like I think not ultimately <laughs> no, not really. Um but as it's with about, the like, case with most Canadian filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the syrup got to them. Oh, no. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Too much poutine. <laughs> the yeah, syrup got to them. Like, they're <laughs> stuck, you know? They can't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the career oh, syrup. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the career of But, no, I think, it, I think it is about, though, like, this movie is trying to throw in so much just because the, the insecurity of it. And I feel like that's where the third act, where you really start to feel it, because sure. it is like, we have to wrap up our movie. We should leave people with, like, a theme oh, or like a statement yeah, yeah. Yeah. and like what's gonna be like what are you walking out with and i think you can even see it sometimes in a little bit of cinematography where there's like they try to do like the 90s tricks like when they're they like fast forward the footage so they're like walking super fast around the store and you're like this feels so out of place within the context of what was happening like five minutes ago like it does it just sure, doesn't feel sure. genuine at times just, to it you know I, I just know, dare I, uh, movies. Ahead, sorry, because the, the, the do your right, the do the right thing is you know it's a somewhat apt comparison to me. We did it in our eighty nine pod, and I think it's like you know the best movie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We have the fucking 20th century. Um, it's a fucking masterpiece. It's good dare. Good it, and part of it is because it dares to make the villain so fucking relatable yeah like it dares to make danny aiello so relatable that people walk out of that movie and struggle with what happened at the end of that film they really struggle and you really have to grapple with 
as a white person, you really have to grapple with who you are in that film. Because you're not John Turturro, I get that, right? You're not the guy who's like being an open racist, but like you're probably Danny Aiello in that movie. And that's like, you really have to have to just struggle with like, with, with yeah. are you doing enough? Are you taking other people's culture? Are you taking other people's property? Are you, are you encroaching where you shouldn't be encroaching? Should you be, how do you have all these, these things? And you, when you think about villains in, in these kind of big theme movies, I think about a movie I really like called The Contender. I'm sure you all saw it. Uh, Joan Allen. Joan Allen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The villain of that movie is Gary Oldman, mustache, twirly, fucking Republican, Republican senator. Fucking asshole. Who doesn't look like any of us, right? right? Yeah. He's the easiest guy in the world to villainize. Like the, 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 the bold move is to take someone who looks like they're an ally and they're actually not. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the really... internalized homophobia and right. like where it's like the villain yes. is like, you're looking at something and you're like, you, you're like, oh, this person's so deeply related. And there's that one turn or that one small thing where you're like, oh, that you're like, you don't like this person because of X, Y, or Z. And yeah. I feel like speaking of like um, Fire Island, I think does like a, it in a pretty decent way where you're like looking at like the internalized racism and like body shaming and like within the confines of like the queer community and how certain subsects and people like view and judge other people even within a community and i feel like i completely agree with what you're saying is like this movie would be so much stronger if instead of it was a fucking nazi it was like when you have that lesbian attack i think in the bar i think that is interesting i think there's a kernel there where it's talking about like the infighting within the queer community and sort of that transphobia and i think that that is an interesting facet that the movie digs into. And so you sort of wish that that I is agree with that. the overarching villain, or at least like the yeah. themes within like, what are the conflicts within the community at some point? But yeah. that's not what the movie has on its mind at all. And it also doesn't, but. it doesn't really lay a ton of piping in terms of no. where these white supremacist Nazis, what have you, they really just kind of come out of nowhere. They're monsters. They're just, no, sure. They're sure. I just, yeah. I just mean, if, if we had the sense that, this i'm saying the same thing yeah yeah i the the same thing for the judy storyline too like Mm -hmm. you know it's like there's not i think like the movie is so refreshing because up until that point it's extremely like non-transphobic in terms of how people are talking to her and like she has this like incredibly supportive community and like she's doing good in people's lives and is like a super important part of the core ensemble and then it's just again there's not really a lot of groundwork laid but I think that like um you know the reason that something like do the right thing is in such a league of its own is because that balance of being like you want to introduce a relatable villain who does in a way inflict trauma on your more marginalized like main characters but everything you feel like the movie strikes an incredible and really important balance by the end it's so difficult to do because it's the same thing you have you know with the bathroom scene with judy you have a villain who maybe some viewers can relate to but it the balance is not there like it's too much too fast too quick like no one is going to be like oh shit maybe that's me because it's so intense so it's i mean part of it is also in the specificity, right? Like, I, yeah. it, it, I'll just say this: it's unfair for us to compare better than chocolate to I do would the right agree. thing. Yeah, but I'll just I'll continue the metaphor because I do think that 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 there's something there. Yeah. I do think that 
I mean, do the right thing. The the sheer amount of unbelievably specific characters, the bench of characters that exist in that film is insane, right? Like you feel like you know that corner of the world so yes. unbelievably well. This film similarly is a, right. Similarly is you know about a corner or a neighborhood, and yet the specificity of everyone outside of basically three or four characters um they just kind of they bleed into the into the woodwork it's it is unfortunate i'll I'll just i do want to add just a couple pieces of of context that i think are worth giving here um so this the plotline about the bookstore is a fairly direct reference to a vancouver bookstore little sisters book and art emporium and the various problems that it had with the canadian customs the bookstore is thanked in the credits um the bookstore owner is a fairly well-known Canadian author, um, Anne-Marie MacDonald, who has written several successful, quite successful Canadian books, um, or books, period. Don't, they're not Canadian, they're just books. Um, but I do think that, um, I didn't know she could act. And in fact, this is the only time she's ever acted. I believe she might've been a producer as well on the film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she was quite good. I, I thought she great. was actually yeah, surprisingly, I mean, I would argue that the relationship between her and Judy and the bookstore owner's name, forgive me. I I don't know what the owner's name is off the top of my head um, is uh, a more interesting relationship than the one between our two leads, because the one between our two leads is just wide eyed, you know, horny lesbians. Like they're just, which is great. I mean, no, no, I'm not dogging it, but I do think that there isn't a ton of, obstacles there other than the fact that it feels as though kim is a little bit more experienced and is a little bit sort of quite frankly annoyed with maggie's lack of uh experience at times um whereas the judy relationship is a lot more complicated and a lot more interesting yeah Yeah. and i I think like massive props to the film for having a relationship between you know a cis lesbian and a trans woman where the issue that's like keeping them apart has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that Mm -hmm. judy is trans and is more about just like i don't know if i'm ready for a relationship like yeah yeah. that's it's wonderful um and i think that like uh it's it's definitely more interesting just because it has like ups and downs and it feels like it it has like authenticity to it in the way yeah. that the the um you know the young and, and again like it comes back to sort of life. you know yeah. the specificity of it it doesn't yeah. feel like something we've seen before um I, I gotta ask you guys what you think about the brother watching his sister have sex with another woman not great <laughs> two thumbs <laughs> down <laughs> I also think it's bizarre. I also think, just think it's really funny that the woman who he ends up with, the aforementioned slightly mm-hmm. aggressive bisexual woman who uh-huh. also works at the yeah. bookstore, is like mm-hmm. so invested in trying. Is yeah. her name Maggie the main character? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Maggie. Maggie's the okay. main character. Yeah. Like yeah, so correct. interested yeah. in trying to kind of like get Maggie, and then the second that her brother walks in, is like, oh, oh, oh never yeah, mind. I want that guy. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of the. Just, I'm looking at the cast names. The brother is Paul. What's his name? Paul. He gets, Paul, yeah. I kind of feel, feel Francis bad. Francis is the bookstore owner. He's yeah. the bookstore owner. Paul gets a little shouted, yeah. uh literally yeah. and figuratively. Maybe. Nice. Yeah, um, he, he gets a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, like, I, they just don't, he has <laughs> nothing to contribute, really. Yeah. Um, Negative. 
negative things you contribute. I think that the scene. He contributes ever. being creepy and yeah. watching his sister have sex. I, I mean, assume so that, that weird. scene is meant to raise the stakes with like, oh no, is he accidentally right. or purposefully gonna out his sister? But then, um, like, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't go there. But I also yeah. wonder if it's about him. I think it's twofold. I think it's what you just said in terms of just the stakes of the plotting. But then I also wonder, is it about him you know, expanding Exploring. his mind in terms of, of what is possible? We'll never know because he only has like two lines in the entire movie. Yeah, he disappears <laughs> and then he gets a butt plug in the end. It's, it's, not, it's not a lot. He doesn't have a lot to, to, to bring to the... I, I, I do think... I want to talk for a second about the soundtrack which is so 90s and so much like hippie folk, lesbian emo rock. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. racy. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I, was, I really, it, just, I really yeah. loved the opening number. Like, I felt like, I just, I, I, I watched it twice. I just, I thought it was like electric. It has some real life to it. And like, the yeah. fact that they like, <laughs> they go, they go every, the, the performance sequences are kind of like, Loki, the best thing in the oh, movie. Yeah. I mean, They're, Judy's song is fantastic. Excellent. I totally yes. agree. It's like yeah. there, there is this weird like cabaret element to it. Yes, you know, yes. you, yes. you yes. come back to this club and let them do the whole performances and. You know, they, they, they talk to the movie, or that at least they're supposed to. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought that was definitely the best part of, uh, yeah. of the I, film. I also appreciate that yeah. they throw you in the aspect. They throw you right in the deep end, right? You don't get your title credits for, I think it's until five or ten minutes into the film, after the sequence that Kenny was speaking of, um, which I kind of love. I love a movie that doesn't give you the title right away, that kind of is like, you know, sink or swim a little out. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blacklight Is this sequence? the movie I was supposed to see? Yeah, there's the Blacklight musical yeah. sequence as well, which is bizarre, but kind of great. I, I have to agree that the, the music stuff is a real shot in the arm. Like yeah. when that's happening, you're at least kind of like, okay, Perk you up. have my attention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would have been, va- I actually think that this movie would have been basically a slam dunk if it was like maybe one or two more musical numbers. And then, like we said, Link Later E hangout yes, yes, movie. Yes, yes. Like give mm-hmm. us the two yeah. queer female driven storylines, like, mm-hmm. and a bunch of musical numbers. And like, this is. Well, I really did not. The, the thing about Cabaret I mean, is. Cabaret um, also uses Nazis really effectively. So. <laughs> much more effectively. Yeah. Very, very much. Well, so. the, the if if they could the... find their Nazi moment just like that, that'd be, but that's, I mean, I don't want to get into Cabaret, but that's, yeah. you know, that's, okay. yeah. it's a better movie. That's the whole, uh, it's a much better movie. Yeah, it, it is, it, it is a better movie, but there is a, <laughs> the, the beauty of that scene. It's the same shit. Like we were saying, it's, it's the same sort of like trauma driven thing that like makes the social aspects of better than chocolate like a little bit of a bummer is that it's like it is really ingrained in a lot of the queer community like I think especially the like lesbian focused bookstore is so funny to me where they're like at Canadian House being like why is it like 500 ways to use the clit allowed into the country it's like it's I love it so much and I think that like there's clearly parts of this movie that are made very much for the queer community, which makes when they're like, guys, did we all forget that neo-Nazis hate gay people? It's like, no, no we not remember. really. We remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting because when she... Oh, it's a, that is maybe my favorite scene. It's what? when she's just which like, scene? little Red Riding Hood should be allowed in the country. Like, what is going on? I just, I love bureaucratic anger, um, especially when it's from, you know, like a 5'2 lesbian. Um, 
I'll say this: when she paints herself and she put in the 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 uh, in the window, right? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I really thought, okay, because forgive me if I imagine this, but is it not on the news? I think it's on the news, right? They're, gonna go, news. they're yeah. gonna go get the press. I don't know if it ever comes to fruition because the building blows up. Um, but that is right. where Francis goes, and that's why she's like, not there. Yeah. My just, brain... off, j- just off camera, there was a person who came with the big press thing on her on her hat. Yeah. So, yeah. and like it's a Tony his ear, and yeah, yeah, it was, nope. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, McAllister ear down at the local lesbian bookstore. About but I, I, I bring this up, up because I feel like the movie, in my mind, was going to end with it's on the news, it becomes a whole thing, there's a protest or something mm-hmm. like that, and then we get credits. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's where it should have gone, right? I mean, yes. I understand the fact that they wanted to show that that there are people that are not for this lesbian bookstore, fine, so be it. But they just, they went to 11 when they really just needed to go to six or seven. Yeah. Because what it also does is the, the, the chirons at the end are like this kind of happy-go-lucky kind yes. of goofy shit. Yeah. It's just like, wait, we just weird. had Nazis, guys. Right. Yeah. Like, you we- can't go, you, you like... You just went too far with Nazis. It should have just been, you know, some fucking, yes. I don't know, some some uh, right-wing parents protesting the bookstore or some People shit like almost that. almost died. I also, I think, exactly. the, I think that the bureaucratic element is, like, almost the most interesting aspect of, yeah. like, we were mm-hmm. talking about, the kind of, like, insidious, like, under-the-radar homophobia, yeah. where it's, like, yeah. we don't consider these books appropriate right why not like it's sort of digging into that and like the the Mm -hmm. back and forth that goes on there is Mm -hmm. much more interesting i think just much more fitting for like the scale of this well that's and and also just the tone of it like it just would have flattened it out a little bit in the sense of it feeling a little bit more of a piece because i just think that they just again not to belabor the point but had they not gone as far i think that it all just would have felt a little smoother. And I would have been okay with kind of cross-cutting between Maggie's mom using what she thinks potentially are Maggie's sex toys, cross-cutting with the brother getting railed with a butt plug, and then the Nazis... Can't have these things. One of these things is not belong. And I'm just like, it's just it's 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 too much. It's too much. So yeah. I I do I think about this film premiering at TIFF and I cannot imagine what it was like to sitting in the theater being like, what a nice little oh my god. What the fuck? Well, I wonder what, like, anyway. the Cannes, like, standing ovation versus boo ratio would be if it was a Cannes As if this movie would ever. But I'll, I gotta say, for what it's worth, the film screened at festivals around the it world. It, it, it ranked 31st on the Hollywood Reporter's top 200 yes. independent films of 1999. I'm not sure there are 200 independent films. Wait, 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 wait. Can we get that list? I gotta find that list. I was gonna say, I mean, y'all might are, need it. Is that like counting like high school Jeez. movies? Is like there a <laughs> You think of 200 <laughs> independent movies from 99, Kenny? Not off the top of my head, but you know. I just did that there were that many. I mean, if it's, I thir- think, I, if it's 31, that interests me because in 99, we, we were talking, we were talking, you know, searchlight movies were independent. Miramax yeah. were independent. Yeah. You know, it's like you, it's, you, you're, yeah. you're talking yeah. probably 60, 70% of the movies we, we've done. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think that seems a little crazy, but who knows? Even even indie films, you know. I mean, I'm but sorry, did, even uh, foreign yeah. films were all kind of considered indie movies at that point. Docs, there's so many great docs. I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I, th- I think if you if you want to do it, I'll do it. So, Bian John Malkovich was an indie movie. I'm going to see if I can find uh, this. Magnol- 
I'm kidding, but um, I, no, I, no, no, no. you have 198 more to go. I think I could name uh, 200 if I had to. If you, uh, yeah. better than chocolate. Um, this is also I I don't yeah I feel like we might have covered this. This is the same year also as but I'm a cheerleader, which I feel mm-hmm. like correct, is that same correct. sort of like. I think a much better much balance better movie. between like for the community and also something that is kind of very interesting to watch as yeah. like an outsider sure. and so satirical, but also really has something to well, say. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that movie is yeah. clicking on a, on a bunch more levels. It's yeah. also attempting to do something that I would argue is more difficult yes. and thus yeah. the, the yeah. success. If you are successful at doing those things, you're immediately going to seem like, yeah. I mean, this movie and again, I know that we're we're kind of picking it apart. I, I think that it's not striving. What are you gonna do? No, 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 and that's fine. I, I I don't think that it's striving for much more than, um, showing people, showing people that perhaps don't have positive perspectives on on homosexuality or the gay yeah. culture that like there's nothing to be afraid of here. This is just, they're just, you know, they, they're, they're beautiful lesbian women that love each other. Who cares? Like there, there does seem to be that component to it. And because it's, it's goals are so modest. It makes the film feel modest because they're just, I mean, I, I, as I said earlier, I think that the Francis and Judy relationship is striving for more. I think that that relationship is trying to sort of shine a light on something that quite frankly, isn't even particularly being well done now, let alone in 1999. Um, I mean, I think that one of, I love at the end of Judy's song, when she says, I'm not a fucking drag queen. Like, I think that, like, that is, that is bold, sharp rhetoric of, of, a, of you know, a, a group of people that are just not getting spoken about. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, Boys Don't Cry does an infinitely better job at, unpacking those issues um in a much more complex and much more you know harrowing journey that movie yeah. is yeah, um, yeah the, the, but yeah. They're, they're they're aiming for two very Completely very different things, different yeah, things. I, I, so judy's yeah. so comfortable with like who she is and i think yeah. like as kind of we were talking about what sort of like where the trans conversation was at this point in 1999 i mean you even see it yeah. in the casting like judy is played by a cis male actor mm-hmm. yeah. Peter Outerbridge but I will say I think it's a very good performance obviously like you know should definitely have been played by a trans actor but again like we said right for the for the time right. like yeah. it's not we're not again not like picking yeah. it apart by like 2022 standards but I was very impressed with the performance it like it didn't feel like like not at all it's it's a really a wonderful performance um it could have been like stereotypical and like a way where you're like this is like really uncomfortable to watch and it's not but in talking about you know cis actors playing trans roles which clearly did not stop in the year 2000 (laughs) like this is like miles ahead of so many portrayals that we saw in later years and on much bigger stages yeah yeah i think that uh (sighs) God, this is probably way out of my depth, but we got you. Uh, we'll help you. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> I only think one of the three actors in Two Wong Fu comes close uh, to handling this correctly. Um, yeah, and so uh, the, the three, uh, I don't want to say yet, but the other two, I feel like, are constantly protecting their masculinity. 
Um, and I don't feel like yes. Peter Outerbridge is. Uh, the one is, I'll tell you, it's John Leguizamo. I think he just I was going to say, fucking, is he in Moulin Rouge? <laughs> I, I, I think he fucking murders it in that movie, and I think he's like he a revelation. Good. But I, I felt the whole movie, like Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes, were just protecting themselves. And there was always a wink of, you know, I'm playing a character, this isn't really me. Yeah. Where uh, Leguizamo really kind of completely owns that role. Well, I would, I would um, say to that point, too, if you look at Priscilla, which, I mean, Tuong Fu is ultimately a ripoff of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert in, in some ways. Um, those three, I think, are... Well, Priscilla was, was you know, a big sleeper hit. And it, was, it, was, it was certainly first, but, yeah. you know... Yeah. yeah. My, my point Different more than anything is just yeah. the three performances in Priscilla, Hugo Weaving, Guy Pierce, and Terrence Stan, go... Right? Like, there, there is no... I don't believe that any of them are protecting their masculinity at all in that in that film. Um, that that does feel like very similar to the beginning of the conversation, the difference between Australia and America, um, yes, and particularly, I mean, I you know, what's that? No, I agree. I mean, I just think we've sort of discussed this before, but like Australians just go fucking hog wild no matter what. <laughs> they go hard. Yeah, man. They're, they're fucking they do. crazy yeah. down under. They're, they're so. the greatest <laughs> and best people in the world. I love them. Uh, and we, and we, no, fucking love those guys. Um, but yeah, I I think he did a really good job i i the, the thing about this movie and i don't want to be too hard on it because yeah. my yeah, all right so the director's name is Zan wheeler i don't know if we've mentioned that the writer's name is peggy thompson my sense is they uh wanted to make a movie about their friends like yes. it's just that's yeah, how it feels like they just wanted to make a movie about their friends like the, the, like they're obviously filmmakers not sitting out but it's the kind of thing where they're sitting around and saying i think we're a movie like i think we're a yes, movie yes, yes. and uh you know, and I think in their circle, they had people like Francis, and they had people like Judy, and they had people like yeah. Tony, and they had that Mama kind of thing. Me. And the one, yeah. Mom, exactly. And I think the people they didn't really have in their circle are the mom character and the brother character, who feel like you know they're yeah. flown in from the set of Leave It to Beaver or something. Yeah, really. So I they tell their, and, you know, the end. Yeah, yeah. and well, I do I, think, and and I do think. Sorry, Brooke. The last oh, thing no, is, no, I do no. think that the the more kind of know over the top elements that rub us all the wrong way do feel like it might they might just be kind of like grasps at relevancy right like it, it is as i said insecure it's very hard to just make a movie about you and your friends because like i was talking to someone today about um yesterday about a movie i don't like at all some people like about kicking and screaming which is just a movie about you know your friends no, the Noah i think with the, yes and i think the will ferrell one the Will Ferrell movie, you know, I was just soccer is, uh, I think, <laughs> I think that, you know, a movie like Kicking and Screaming to me is also a, like, let's just make a movie about us, right? Yes. Let's mm-hmm. just make a movie about mm-hmm. us. And, and I know a lot of people really, you know, ride for it. And it just, for me, it's like super boring. And I think a lot of these films are super boring. Yep. And if you don't put something in there that, you know, is, is kind of thematically elevated, you feel a little vulnerable. Right, you, and I think that's what it is. I think it's like a, you are saying this in my brain. It's just like flashing lights, saying like Kevin Smith, because it mm-hmm. feels like that feels like all of his like, especially like the early movies for him. It's just like, what if I got a camera and I made some movies with my friends and we swore a lot, and like that feels like the queer version of like this is like the queer version of that with like totally. an explosion and a neo Nazi added in. But Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I, I think. 
I think that all I was going to say. If it was say, more hangouty. Right. All I was going to say earlier is that I really like the sort of sense of wish fulfillment. I don't know if it's like strictly like, you know, the director and the writer's wish fulfillment, but queer wish fulfillment at the end of the movie where your potentially homophobic family is actually totally cool with yeah. everything and really just wants you to be happy and supported. And I think that like sure. this movie is so incredibly well intentioned and that it really just like. I there is absolutely nothing but like the best of like feelings behind this movie and I think you can really feel like the sincerity and the earnestness sure. which some people I think tend to knock cinema for that like feels like too earnest you're like nice you put core. too much I mean Kenny and I soul. love a sincere movie we have oh, no not problem this guy. Oh, God, it's everything not this guy. Yeah. Um, I, the the the, the, the <laughs> sincerity is the, the highest form of art ha- yeah. to have the guts to have the guts to put it out there raw yeah, but I'll say this, you know? and I agree with you guys. I, I love a sincere movie as well, and I think this movie is sincere. But I also think that this movie um, wants to be a little audacious. It wants mm-hmm. to be a little bit sort of like mm-hmm. I, shocking is the wrong word, but just After sort of being like special. Yeah, just well, no, After School specials aren't audacious. I think yeah. that this, I think that this movie is trying to kind of be. Um, a little bit of a little cool, a little shocking yes. at times. Um, I think it's it's certainly more shocking in terms of its sort of playfulness about sexuality, right? I mean, the sex toy stuff, the butt plug stuff, the like yeah. the sex component of this movie is quite playful and quite sort of um a little in your face at times. And yes. I think that that again doesn't totally jive with the sincerity and the and the open heartedness and the on you know the heart on your sleeveness of the movie they're just they're kind of they're kind of bumping up against each other unfortunately i like weirdly I disagree oh sure. you can disagree You've all you done want, it now but... phil she's uh, burning the fucking books i think that uh i think that i mostly mostly because this is like i think like a common sort of like issue that gets brought up in queer cinema is like mm-hmm. can it be sexy if it's too sexy are we saying that like everything queer is like mm. related to sex but if it's not sexy are we saying that that's not a part of the thing because that okay. tends to be like a lot of people's who are slightly homophobics like hang up with like queerness in general is like the sex part so okay. i think that it's nice to kind of see a sincere movie that's also very sex forward i completely agree that like there's a little oh bit- i i don't I- I think it's doing both. I don't think what yeah. I, th- I don't think what you and I are saying are mutually exclusive. Uh, is the okay. point I'm trying to make. Yes, like I, yes. I think that because I think that you know Kenny mentioned this earlier of like we want to make a movie about us and we want to make a movie about like the shit that we do and and just kind of you know whatever. And I think that someone in that conversation is going to be like, yeah, but can the streets fucking handle it? Right. And I think that that's kind of infused in this too, of a little bit of like we're going to give you a little bit of just how you know, sexy and what I just, I, I think that there's something, there's mixed messages going on in this film in terms of its tone, in terms of, I don't necessarily think about what it wants to say. Cause I think what it wants to say is pretty much on its face, but yeah. I do think that um, in terms of how successful they wanted this film to be, what, what they were sort of hoping, what, what vein they were hoping to hit with it is anyone's guess. I do think, you know, that this movie was a pretty big deal in Canada. Um, I mean, it did quite well. It played at a bunch of festivals. It was, um, you know, 
named after a fucking Sarah McLaughlin song. We have to uh, say a, a good Sarah McLaughlin song. Um, I love that in the uh, in the Wikipedia plot synopsis they say the clandestine romance introduces Maggie's family to a host of new experiences, many of which are quote unquote better than chocolate, um, <laughs> which I think is ridiculous. Well, um, better than chocolate. chocolate that's been out for a while. It's a little right. dusty. There's also something amazing about the fact that over the at the very end of the movie, they obviously play the Sarah McLaughlin song Ice Cream, right? But uh, rather than waiting to the verse where she says your love is better than chocolate, they jump ahead. So it's literally like we're thrown into the middle of the song so that yes. we hear that line first. The, yep. Which is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just, it is what it is. Um, I listen, I don't know. I, I think that there are far better movies about gay culture. I think there are far better movies in 1999 about gay culture what? than this film. Um, but I also think that this movie deserves, you know, a little bit of a tip of the hat to doing what it was doing yes. when it was doing it. Yeah. There is a fearlessness to it, despite the fact that maybe it doesn't stick the landing entirely. Um, I think it has some nice things to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in terms of the films that we've covered thus far in 99, Kenny, but I, but I'm a cheerleader feels like the one that Brooke brought up feels like the, maybe the most overt one that comes to mind. Just about um, gayness? Gay movies. I mean, Talented Mr. Ripley, obviously. Talented is, Mr. Ripley. Talented yeah. Mr. Ripley is Always. obviously the perfect movie. Fucking yeah. best. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other But ones. I'm a cheerleader as well. I mean, there's some that, you know, have I mean, look this up. Are Matrix kind of, right yeah, I was going to say, the, the Matrix in particular is certainly uh, that. And I mean, uh, being John Malkovich is also a pretty gay movie. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, definitely dealing with, yes, yeah, a lot of, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, is there I mean, an American, American Beauty? Beauty, but also, well, I don't oh, want to right. talk about uh, the movie. Yuck. The second time we brought that up today, Kenny. Yucko. Um, yeah, yucko. A bow trial is apparent. I would, we've not wa- uh, covered that we one yet, be. but that's well, good. That's yeah, good. We will get there. All about my mother is ninety-nine. Oh yeah, oh yes, big yes, time, yes. big time. We did that. Yeah. That yeah. obviously. Uh, I mean, cruel yeah. intentions, kind of. Oh hell, hell yes, it does. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> we've talked about it. Well, uh, well. Uh, how could how could you not? I mean, not? Fight Club um, deals with it. Fight Club, um, hella gay. One of, the, one, of, yeah. one of the gayest movies ever made. Yeah. What if I could be gay uh, for myself? But, but this, is, <laughs> yeah. this, is where, this is where sort of like the gay culture versus straight culture, mainstream versus indie conversation is really, because yeah. it's like, you know, if I search 1999 gay movies, the Fight Club and the Matrix do not come up. Um, however, better than chocolate. Well, I, but I think that's kind of what I was talking about with Wizard of Oz. Like, those movies are some of the gayest movies I've ever made. And they're also not about trauma. Uh, they're about, you know, kung fu. Yeah. So sure. it's just... I, the Wizard yeah. of Oz, specifically. I do want to just... It's also, because <laughs> I feel like I'd be remiss if, if we didn't at least just list some of the other ones from 99. Flawless was a big film dealing with, obviously, oh, gay culture. Uh, Happy Texas is another one. Um, I guess we've done a lot. We, there's 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 a there are a fair amount of them in 99 um but yes uh this is probably uh in the middle i would say in terms of a middling entry in the uh lgbtq plus canon of 1999 um kenny would you like to rate this film sure um <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go chocolate. first on this one kenny 
Yeah, Would you no, say I, it is better or worse than chocolate? Chocolate, well. That's the I, rating for this film. Definitely better than milk chocolate, which sucks. Uh, worse than dark chocolate, which is good, and mm-hmm. white chocolate, which is very good. White so, chocolate is disgusting. I don't know how you eat white chocolate. A cro- white chocolate Kenny, is horrible. I will say, ch- I like baking with white chocolate, but... White, cho- white, white chocolate's chocolate? amazing. But raw it's dogging sweet. white chocolate is a little unhinged. <laughs> Can I, can I just right. say chocolate. that we have devolved into rating chocolates right now? Wait a second. I mean, look, that's let, what let, happens let, when you dark chocolate. Let me start. 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 Relax. 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 Hold on. You gotta get into this. Okay. I know that my white chocolate obsession, which is probably my favorite food, <laughs> is highly controversial. Highly controversial. It's not as bad as being like mayonnaise is my favorite spice, but it's up there. That's Ooh. very gross. Uh, <laughs> and I know, that, I know that dark chocolate is the people's chocolate these days, and it is because it's chocolate fantastic. It's great, but it's the people's chocolate. But milk chocolate, in particular, Hershey's chocolate, tastes like vomit. Yes, and I don't know how anybody. <laughs> it is true, true, Phil, and actually. It's actually scientific. Uh, her you also think chocolate- the cheese is disgusting. You don't like That's- cheese? Well, Sir, cheese is, the- cheese, is- cheese is literally disgusting. It's a mold, but that's not the point. Uh, I'm gonna Sir. get back. I- wow. so good. What I- is I'm happening gonna re- here? I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read something to you. To is it the definition all. of fucking cheese? <laughs> all right. Kenny really. Can- Kenny can what? Cheese. I-, I don't mean to throw. What candy. is? You just did, but it's okay. What is cheese? What's not subjective, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that butyric acid is found in milk, which is in Hershey's chocolate, and that butyric acid can create notes of sourness and tang, which, yes, some sensitive tasters or those used to to European chocolate, like myself, could feel is reminiscent of vomit. Where Kenny but- has a fancy but- palate, guys. Where butyric acid also hangs out. So butyric acid is something that is in milk chocolate and it also vomit. That's why milk chocolate. Actually, I've been wondering for years why I can't eat milk chocolate because it's there you go. truly the most disgusting food there is. I think that it's you're over. It's made with I, I vomit. Think that you. Uh, by the way, I, I I I genuinely didn't mean to throw Kenny under the bus on the cheese. Oh, I'll don't worry, fuck cheese. Tell me why you don't no, 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 but I'll just, but I, I do want to just say this, which is that I do think that it is a I known hate vomit. I hate eating vomit. There's a known. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, there there are people that are sensitive to certain tastes and certain smells that do trigger things for them. So, yeah, like, I yeah. get where Kenny's coming from, but on a purely just taste level, white chocolate's fucking gross <laughs> so yeah, that's just okay. weird to me do you guys not white like, though, like a white chocolate, chocolate and cranberry like cookie no we're like just that? talking about like strictly also doesn't white Wait, chocolate have, what do you why are like, you looking at me like i'm a fucking it? idiot have you not had it that's how kenny looks yeah. at everybody though <laughs> He's looking up something, I think. That's, that's my was... that's my face. And that's yeah. actually the, one of my I, that's one of my big my my, my worst traits is uh when you're in the room, of, people of, can tell that you don't like yes, it. A friend of mine it's not no it's not people yeah. can tell, dude. It's like my friend my Manny, who's Manny Figueroa, has been on the podcast uh many times, is a good friend of mine. It took like he, we were right on a show together and it mm-hmm. took him like 
three months and he's just like, you know, a lot of the girls like think like you think they're stupid, but like I keep trying to tell them like, that's just your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, like, no. it's all he's like, he's like, this is just you. You have like resting asshole face. And I'm like, that's very that's a- unfortunate. Me. No, I don't think you have a resting asshole face, but I'll just say this because I, 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 you know, we've been in many rooms together and some people do have a resting sort of like they're, they're, you know, they're furrow their brows when they're thinking. And as you know, when you're pitching in a room, it's very performative and you're, it, there's, there's a, you know, it's, it can be a little nerve wracking. So when someone's like got this like crinkled brow, you're just like, what, you don't like it? You don't like what I'm pitching? You know, it, it, it can get yeah. into your head. I, I, I think I, I have this like. Ever since dowel. I started doing Zooms in general, and I always have the little box with my face, the hide self view is for some people, not for me. Um, I have to do this like kind of performative, like tiny little, like half smile because I look extremely, I have resting bitch face. I'm part of, no, you don't. I don't think so. Um, uh, you've never seen me not. Oh, you we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Okay, guys, I thought Brooke hated me for 17 years. That's a resting, that's a fucking mean face. That is my like, wait, 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 wait. let me see your, let me see your resting face. This is so great for the audience. Let me see your resting face. Yeah, the Patreon, yeah, the Patreon, like. If I do nothing, I guess. I guess you know when I was in <laughs> it's when tough. I was in it's not when I was in mental health when I was in mental health treatment for being crazy. Uh, one of the things you learn when you're there is something that really helps you yeah. is uh, is a Mona Lisa smile. Yeah, that just mm. just rock the rock, just in general just it makes you feel better. Just a yeah. little Mona Lisa smile all the time or as often as you can actually is that and 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 your know, hands open. Um, so I try to do that, but I, I feel like the Joker. <laughs> you uh, look a what, little uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway. what is your, uh, what's your rating on this film, Kenny? How it's many things of white chocolate? 70, 72, 72 white chocolate snow caps. Okay. Uh, before, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to go down to like 65. I think that's where this movie lives for me. Uh, it's hard to hate something with such good intentions it's already yeah. something that seems seems like you know nice people trying to make a nice movie about other nice people uh and i didn't hate it i actually think like i actually think like there are there are moments that are really inspired so um and i think we did talk a lot about the the leads but i thought the girl who played maggie was was really winning um and uh yeah i like that i like the aesthetic i think it's it's a great movie i mean a good movie I, it's a 65 it's, it's, yeah. um brooke I am actually totally aligned with Kenny. I think 65 is the perfect rating for how I feel about this. About 65% of this movie, I'm very on board with. And the remaining mm-hmm. 35%, I can't do math. Um, I yeah, yeah. am really not. But again, I do think that like it is very winning a lot of the time. And I think a very sweet movie, aptly named, um, for the most part. So, oh, stick with the 65. Oh, don't boo me. <laughs> You've done worse. No, I have. All right, Jordan, your turn. Um, I guess my first question is, I've been thinking about this the whole podcast, is like, I feel like the bookstore owner would be pretty upset about how willy-nilly they are about like using their books for like art. Like when she puts all the books in like the ice thing and they're burning books, yeah, it just yeah. felt like a lot of money yeah. being burned on books. I agree. And that's been like weighing on me for <laughs> this podcast. And I just needed to say it. Yeah. So with that in mind, I'm subtracting the books from my final score. Um, 
I don't know. I think I didn't like it as much as other people. Maybe that's just because I was bumping on some of the other stuff and the tonal whiplash to the neo-Nazis at the end, really. It kind of judge you. It just, it doesn't leave you with as warm of a taste as you start with the chocolate. Like, you know, like you get that first bite of chocolate and it's really good, but then you eat the whole bar in one sitting and you're kind of like, you don't feel as good as you did when you started. And that's kind of this movie. I can't believe you booed me for just saying that. Yeah, seriously, your metaphor got something sweet. Jesus. Anyway. I think it's a pretty apt comparison. I'm just saying. So I'm going to so go with your... like 55. You can't eat too much white chocolate. 55. That's not that mean. That's not that mean. Yeah. Okay. You are oversold it. Well, okay. So that's pretty mean. I came into this uh, podcast at a 70. I'm going to hold it a 70. I, I'm, first of all, I just, my, the Canadian in me is, I, is being I, I a was going to make surged. a joke and it's real. I was going to say that's the Canadian surtax, but yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a little bit of the Canadian surtax. I, I mean, ultimately I think that, um, and you mentioned it earlier, Kenny, that we really didn't talk that much about the leads. Um, Karen Dwyer, who is really, really lovely in this film um, and is no longer with us, unfortunately, um, is really, really charming, really winning, watchable. Uh, I'm surprised that she didn't have a bigger career coming off of this film, quite frankly. Um, and I think that uh, she just made a lot of it kind of palatable for me in a weird way. That, Not to say that Kim was bad, that, that Christina Cox, who plays uh, Kim, was bad. I felt like she was a little bit more one note. I felt like Maggie had a bunch of different things she had to do. Um, I, 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 and, I, and I just think ultimately, you said it best, Kenny, like, best of intentions. I think this movie is it's a sweet, good-hearted movie that's trying to sort of just, you know, be a nice film about, you know, how gay people are really nice and horny. And that's, you know, what's wrong with that, right? <laughs> um, so that, that's, that's where I fall on this. Um, but uh, more than anything, we'd like to thank you for coming on to talk about Better Than Chocolate with us. Um, and I actually, while we have you, the episode's over, but I do, there is a movie that Kenny and I, that I forgot about that Kenny brought to my attention that I watched the trailer for the other night called Body Shots that is a 99 film that you've seen this film? Have you seen Body Shots? No, but it was a real film. It It was was a real film. The trailer for this movie, can you just bring it up on YouTube and read aloud the quote at the beginning of the the trailer? Because I don't know if Kenny's seen it. Can we just talk about? Oh, sorry. Are you pulling the trailer? Up? I'm no, I'm not. But you I want to pull I the trailer. I'm on right the letterbox, now. and I was sorry. I was just reading the. Um, I was reading the slug line. Yeah. Where tonight it's for sex. Tomorrow it's for real. And then just like it's, I looked at so, the cast. I'll, I'll just say this: the trailer. I got. I, I, I got it. I got Are you the watching trailer. the trailer? Okay. It literally uh, goes uh, whoa. like. <laughs> the graduate. Do it. Uh, the 60s. The graduate. 70s. Saturday Night Fever. 80s Breakfast Club. Body shots is what they think is the, on par with these movies. This is a well, so film the, mo- the movies that defined the the decade: the Graduate generation. in the 60s, Saturday Night's Fever in the 70s, Breakfast Club in the 80s, and Body Shots in the 90s. So here, here's the question: What's the right <laughs> answer? This is a movie about how a group of friends is torn apart after one accuses another, another of rape. rape. Correct. Correct. Oh, I can't wait to watch this movie. Yeah. That sounds like uh, what, so that's why much I'm fun. I, my, what, the reason I bring this up is I think I think Brooke and Jordan need to come on for body shots. I think that they would be yeah. 
perfect guest. We would love this to is have the you. The most course. upsetting uh, trailer I've seen in my life, I, and I have I, no I, sound on. I, I I know you all are funny people, but I'm going to ask you to be sincere because it's the highest yeah. form of art right now. So not the Judd Apatow movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, listening. Uh, I'm listening. Buddy people, I get it. Uh, my, I need to watch a movie with my daughter starting now. She is 10 years old. Uh, she likes YA shit. She just binged all Stranger Things. She is on a kind of horror kick, but like we're not going to horror. She wanted me to pick the movie. Uh, she, What'd you what pick? do you guys? I haven't picked yet. That's what I'm asking. Oh. I want your help. So, like introductory fun. horror? Young, so she, her, her happy, her, her, her favorite movie is Happy Death Day to give you a sense of like. Oh, what she's about, like, already guys. She's like in. Have you seen? Have you watched? Have you watched Freaky yet? Mm. Yeah, I love Freaky. Have you um, shown her Fear Street yet? Mm. Oh, Fear Street's interesting. Is Fear Street too much. Fear Street's, Fear Street's kind of Fear Street's a little gory. the head through the thing. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I, yeah. Fear Street. I would not show my kid that. All right, all right. Well, I my is pretty mild though, right? I can't do Poltergeist. I can't. I think Poltergeist like actually will like kind of mess her up. Fun, scary. Fun. I don't know. I don't want to recommend Scream. I feel like ha- too that's too much. I, I mean, I watched it with my son, uh, who okay. watches everything. We just watched. We just binge okay. Breaking Bad. Who's the same age? It's a ten-year-old. Oh um, my god! I'm just a great dad. You're, Dude, uh, this is what I wanted growing up. I was doing this on my own. <laughs> I might. Freaky's not a bad idea, actually. Freaky. But I don't want to watch the movie I've seen. It. Right. She. It. She. It. She. Mm, would you want to watch it? Ten it's like my, one of it's my fucking dark, no, no, no. dude. You're going to show her like it? Fun. Well, we're all no, no, I'm looking at fun. E- oh, Evil Dead 2? That's like uh, a blast. Do you need to watch the first Evil Dead? Drag, no. drag me to no. hell? Drag- oh, oh, my God. I really think we can watch Evil Dead 2? Evil Dead yeah. 2 is like not bad at all. It's like a cartoon. Same with same with mm. Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. No, Drag Me to Hell. I don't drag Me to Hell is like love. I think she really likes. I think she really likes uh, really really cute girls in the lead, okay. like the girl in like the girl in uh in Happy Drag Me Death Day. Yeah, it's, sorry, Drag Me. Not that the girl in Happy Death Day. What about like a escape room? cute, or like a Final Destination? Maybe Final Destination. That movie, tra- uh, honestly, think- that's like a traumatizing thing, though. Like, I was scared of cars with logs <laughs> for like 30 years. Okay. So. She's, she's, and escalators. She's the, yeah. The irony, like, the, the irony of the whole thing is like she's a <laughs> genuinely terrified person, scared of everything. But all the great uh, horror movie fans generally are. Yeah. I think that, I think that's part of it. It's like, it's like yeah. immersion therapy. Absolutely. So, but you, that's, she's scared okay. of everything. Now let's see if, um, let's see if well let, let me know what you pick i'm curious um yeah. all right guys too. body shots is coming up uh i'll let you too. maybe oh, we'll just we'll do, do body Evil shots Dead. it's Evil gonna Dead's be a good one Evil Dead. my final recommendation is mm. zombie land a little bit of a zombie but has a very that's cute girl in the Does lead have a cute girl a, a, a cute, well a cute girl she knows too and she loves, that loves la la land and we need and... to do it on our podcast so you can take notes there you go all right. It's a 2009 movie. All right. All right. Bye, guys. I like Talk that. Talk to you okay. soon. Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.